And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of weed by your bed. <laughs> Jelly Wings, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkerman. I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. (laughs) I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. Man, I'm kind of hungry, Frankum. And you are Chris. You're always hungry, Finkston over there. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And really, that's... You're always hungry, too. I am an eater. That is for sure. The difference is... (laughs) Yeah. I hate you. Right. (laughs) Because you can eat and eat and not gain any weight. Nothing at... Oh, so I I will say this. I did notice that 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 is slowly becoming untrue. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. As you get older, you will be screwed. Yeah, and it's uh, and after a while, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, it did come untrue. Uh, now, I haven't slowed down my eating, but I just no. I tried exercising now, and it seems to work. But here's the other thing, and this is what I – my wife is never going to – because here's the thing. My wife tolerates a lot, but I've never really – She has to. Yeah, but I've never really <laughs> done anything murder-worthy. But I do think – this would be the one thing she would murder me over. Because not oh, yeah. only do I eat uh, a lot and just don't really gain that much. And, um, and crap, too. Oh, yeah. and it, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm eating, uh, I'm not eating a ton of veggies. Like you, no, you're not like eating huge salads. I mean, I'm hitting yeah. up Baconators, okay? Right. And that's what's going on. And, take, and taking the lettuce off. Right. You know? Well, no, Baconator doesn't have lettuce. I don't even have to I do know. that chore. So. You know, that's, uh, that's why I get them. <laughs> you remember that little old lady that put down that half-pound Baconator one time? No. You and I did a transport to Roseburg. Yes. A little old lady. And yes. her only complaint was she had like a degenerative cervical spine issue. Yeah. I remember and this she now. she woke up just outside of uh, Eugene. And <laughs> Give she me a baconator. And well, yeah. I said, ask her if she's hungry because she didn't get break- lunch before we left. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, he, you know, she didn't. She says she doesn't have any money. I go, didn't ask her if she had any money. I asked her if she's hungry. And so we pull off and we go down this road. I'm like, well, we got pizza, we got Subway, we got Chinese, we've got Wendy's. Ooh, Wendy's. Yeah. Right? So we pull in, and you asked her what she wanted, and she wanted anything with bacon. Yeah. And I go, so does she want the junior? And this woman, literally 85 pounds, you know, five foot nothing. Mm-hmm. Tiny little old lady. She was, like, in her 70s. And I'm like, you want? does she want the half uh, the junior bacon cheeseburger or the half-pound Baconator? Oh, I'll take the half-pound Baconator, please. Jesus. And so we got her the half-pound Baconator combo. And you said she sat there and ate them. Not yeah, a word she, out of her. No. Not a word out of her. <laughs> we got to the we got to our destination. I opened up the back doors, and she's sitting there with her Diet Coke in her hand. She goes, thank you so much. That's the best meal I've had in months. Yeah. <laughs> now, I did ask before we left if there was any restrictions on her diet, and there were not. So I mean, there are now. now. We gave her diabetes. thinking... But- they probably weren't thinking Wendy's half pound baconator when I asked. Hey, but you know what? They didn't specify, did they? No, no. And we yeah. asked. So here's the other thing to do. I could eat that baconator, and so my wife is, of course, like, "Hey, look, there's more, there's more to eating healthy than just weight. Like, you got to worry about your blood pressure, your triglycerides, those kind of things." I'm like, you know what? You're right. So 
five, well, yeah, seven years ago, I went and got blood work and it was perfect. And I hung on to that perfect blood work for a long time. <laughs> it was being like, hey, look, I got blood work done. It was fine. And finally, it's like, yeah, seven years ago. So I went and got it done, a, done again recently. And this and, is why we all hate you, Chris. And the doctor calls me up. Because even my doctor was like, yeah, no, your wife is right, man. Like, you, we need to do some, but let's just do a full physical. So I did a physical and I did blood uh, work. Wait, wait, a full physical? Um, Doc, Dr. Jellyfinger did full physical? Yeah. We're just going to move on past Chris's personal <laughs> life here. But uh, anyway, who's it? So, yeah, so he, uh, so he calls me the next day and he's like, yeah, your blood work's ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so did me. you tell Jesse the truth or did you fib a little bit to Yeah, I got to work on my cholesterol a little bit, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> no, I um I told her the truth and um and that's why I think she's going to murder me is I don't right. censor that stuff and I should. Oh yeah. I should. Now the question is, do you know how she'll murder you? And I asked this because I had a guy, I knew a guy and Rob if you're listening, I'm telling you stories, man. This was a partner of mine in Oklahoma. Uh he goes Oh, I know how my wife's going to kill me. She told me <laughs> oh. what she was, what she was going to do was if he ever did anything kill worthy, she was going to go buy the biggest, baddest motorcycle she could find crotch rocket motorcycle. Cause she knew he would take it out on the highway and kill himself on it. Oh, that's I'm like, easy. I'm like, that's the perfect murder right there <laughs> because all you did was do a nice thing for him. Not and, your fault. He killed himself. And in reality, I mean, it's not even that bad of a deal for him. No, I mean, he goes out happy. Yeah. You know. Anyway. with a good story, so. That's true. (laughs) Anyway, today we're talking about eating disorders. We would like to thank our listener, Abigail, who came up with a number of these ideas. Actually, she's got one that I could use for another episode. Oh, sweet. But uh, it's not all these. were. She asked for eating disorders, and then she gave some examples, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Uh, A couple of them at the end. So, uh, eating disorders, they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh and we're going to get into about four different ones today. So let's jump off the let's jump off the bulimia nervosa. All right. So bulimia nervosa. So this is an eating disorder that involves a bulimia nervosa. So this is an eating disorder that involves uh, binging on food followed by purging. And when we talk about purge, we're not talking about like the movie The Purge. We're talking about <laughs> purging as in getting rid of the food. So, yes, exactly. Uh, So this can cause gum disease. It can cause uh, osteoporosis, which is a uh, bone disease where basically your bones uh, become porous and weak. It causes kidney disease, heart disease, and uh, it can cause death because a lot of those things, such as kidney disease and heart disease, can lead to death. Well, also it can uh, cause an imbalance in your blood chemistry. Yeah, and blood chemistry is really, really important. In fact, both Mark and I have a... Uh, a friend, a colleague of ours that is a paramedic who ended up in cardiac arrest at a hospital that ended up being due to an electrolyte imbalance um, that he had going on. He actually, really? had, yeah, he had a, um, he did not have a myocardial infarction, which is a heart attack, which is the That's typical like reason. Coronary spasm. Uh, no, I'd heard that he had had an electrolyte imbalance. Hmm. That's what I'd heard. Well, anyway, oh. but your electrolytes can absolutely affect how your heart beats, and it can't. Oh, yeah. yeah, it can't kill you because uh, oh, your heart relies on sodium and potassium and calcium uh, to be at optimal levels for it to function. So, right. anyway, moving on along, uh, bulimia does affect mostly women uh, and teens. 
So bulimia nervosa, also just called bulimia, is a psychological eating disorder that is characterized by episodes of binge eating, which is what we talked about. And binge eating is just like binge watching Netflix. It's consuming a large quantity of food in one sitting. Uh, so, yeah, but you very rarely binge eat and chill. Exactly. It's just not as... Well, I wouldn't say... Rare. Actually, I would almost say you almost exclusively binge eat and chill. Because when I eat the most, it's usually dinner with family. So you're not Netflix and chill means, right? Yeah. It means getting busy. Right. You ever done that on a really full stomach? Good point. There we go. Good point. And I'm not going to say, <laughs> no, I have it. I'm just going to say it's not ideal. That's all I'll say. Uh, There's also no... Netflix and swim either. It's not a, never mind. Uh, so, uh, so consuming a large quantity of food in one sitting. And I will tell you, I do this mostly when eating with family because my uh, in-laws are all Norwegian and the Norwegians make really good food and they like to make a lot of it. And one word, Ludafisk. Yeah. And, well, okay. Except Ludafisk. <laughs> they make really good food. If anyone doesn't know what Ludafisk is, it's a cured fish. Uh, it's salt cured. Yeah. There's a way of preserving it. And to cook it, before you cook it, you have to soak it to leach as much of the salt back out of the fish. Well, and so the funny thing about lutefisk is it's actually it's salt and lye. It's yeah. a lye solution. Now, lye is, of course, toxic in, in pretty much any significant dose. But you uh, it actually turns the fish into just this gelatinous mass. Mm-hmm. And... Um, doesn't anyway, but so we're going to move past Lutefisk. Beyond but that. Other food that they have, like there's one uh, called Lefsa, which is pretty much the best way to describe it is it's a special kind of flatbread, almost like a tortilla that's just rolled up in sugar and butter. And my God, is it good. But <laughs> anyway, and so they like to have these big dinners and they make lots of this food and it is so good. But you're going to eat that and then you're ready for hibernation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, Anyway, bring on the tryptophan. Right, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so binge eating, consuming large quantities of food in one sitting, and that's going to be accompanied by no sense of control over eating behavior, and it's usually followed by inappropriate methods for trying to lose weight, such as vomiting uh, or fasting or enemas. If you don't know what an enema is, just Google it. Um, <laughs> well, an enema is uh, was using a lot of medical procedures like uh, OB/GYN. If yeah. you're going to have a baby, you're going to have an enema. It is usually a soapy enema, and what it does is it cleans out your bowel system. The problem with that is if you're doing it inappropriately and excessively, you're cleaning out everything in your bowel that you need to digest food. Right. There's a lot of bacteria, for example, that lives uh-huh. in your bowel that's very important. Uh-huh. So, uh, anyway, there's also things like uh, excessive use of laxatives and diuretics uh, or compulsive exercising as well. So bulimia tends to develop uh, late in childhood or early adulthood. It affects females much more than it does males. Uh, People with bulimia often uh, perform the behaviors in secret, feeling disgusted and ashamed uh, when they binge, yet relieved once they purge. So there's kind of a, um, oh, I guess a comforting effect of doing it. Uh, People with bulimia usually weigh within the normal range for their age and height. However, they may fear gaining weight and have a desire to lose weight and may feel intensely dissatisfied with their body, with their bodies. Now, I, I looked up something real quick because I was trying to figure out the uh, if there was a correlation between uh, body dysphoria. Yeah, or dysmorphia. Uh, I'm sorry, dysmorphia. Yeah. My, bad. My body dysmorphia, two different things. And uh, eating disorders. 
And from what I could find, and this is from the bulimia.com website, uh, a negative body image is a key fictor, uh, feature and symptom of many diseating, uh, eating disorders. Unfortunately, it is only aug- augmented by such conditions as considered a consequence of the diseases. So they really haven't found a direct connection once you get beyond the fact that we have a uh a a poor self-image so and body dysmorphia for those that don't know that is when someone perceives their body go ahead mark yeah right i want to make sure i get them straight (laughs) no yeah body dysmorphia is when uh someone they look at their body and really in spite of what their body actually looks like they see something else that is uh, d- uncomfortable or dissatisfying to them. Right. Uh, Carrie um, Fisher had severe body dysmorphia. Right. And Carrie Fisher, for those who don't know, played Princess Leia in Star Wars. Right. So, yeah, but they've uh, anorexia uh, people, and we'll talk about anorexia here a little bit, uh, can develop excessive concerns related to their body and as- uh, body aspect and their aspects to other body aspects than weight. But, you know, they're not saying there's a real direct connection between the two. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Mm. <laughs> what, causes, what causes body bulimia nervosa? I started uh, drinking well, my Coke. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, well, every once in a while you cut out my headset, and so I have to figure out if that's what's going on or if you're taking a quick break. <laughs> right. No, no. Taking a break. Uh, the exact cause of bulimia is not known, but research suggests that a combination of certain personality traits, emotions, and uh, thinking patterns, as well as biological and environmental factors, might be re- uh, responsible. Researchers also believe that uh, this eating disorder may begin with a disfa- dissatisfaction of the person's body and extreme concern with body size and shape. Uh, usually, individuals suffering from bulimia have low self-esteem and fear of becoming overweight, and the fact that bulimia tends to run in families also suggests there's a susceptibility to the disorder that might be inherited. But that, to me, comes down to a nature versus nurture. If you have a parent who seems excessively concerned with these things, I wonder if that can be passed along through, you know, mm-hmm. nurturing rather than an inherent or inherited disease. Well, and that's hard to say a lot of times with, you know, if parents do one thing, are kids going to uh, absorb that? And it's also because there's also some talk about, well, like, for example, um, if I've got a friend whose mother was excessively disorganized, house was always a mess. This friend is obsessively organized because of what they saw their mother go through. Right. So symptoms. Uh, Eating uncontrollably followed by purging, which we talked about. And this is, you know, just eating copious amounts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, vomiting or abusing laxatives or diuretics in an attempt to lose weight. Yeah. So a diuretic, by the way, uh, a diuretic is the medication that makes you pee. It draws water. Um, uh, most common one is what, Lasix or furosemide? Yep. That's the same med. And a lot of people will um, also call them uh, water pills. Right. Exactly. And so, so it just makes you pee a lot and you lose uh, volume. And that can actually be, um, that can be very much lethal because uh, Lasix or furosemide is what we'd call a non-potassium sparing medication. In other words, it's going to take the electrolyte potassium along with it. Right. And without potassium, that can cause cardiac dysrhythmias and death. So anyway, little tangent moving on. No, no. Uh, using the bathroom frequently after meals, which give me about an hour and I'm usually using the bathroom, but we're talking like eating and going straight to the bathroom. 
Right. Constantly. Always. Right. Uh, excessive exercising. <laughs> I saw a thing on Facebook today. It goes, okay, shout out from everybody who's ever controlled their breathing or tried to quiet their breathing while climbing up a hill so other people don't think, don't understand that you're actually dying. <laughs> <laughs> I have done this. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to seem like I'm not dying, but you're over here fighting for your life. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Excessive exercising, when there's a healthy amount of exercising, then there's people who exercise frequently and vigorously, and they're perfectly healthy, but there comes a point where it's it's constant. It's all day long. Uh, There's a documentary, and I do not remember the name of it, but it was actually, this gal has something I think we'll be talking about in a little bit, is anorexia nervosa, but uh, she would be in the shower, and she'd take a shower, and she'd be doing squats in the shower. Yeah. You know, it's just like every opportunity to exercise and to burn calories, they're on it. Right. The only thing worse than peeing in the shower. Right, exactly. Is exercising in the shower. It's wrong with peeing in the shower. Hey, moving on. (laughs) Again, very urine-centric conversation this evening. Uh, Preoccupation with their body weight. Uh, Dental problems. That comes from uh, vomiting Mm -hmm. constantly. When uh, you vomit, car- oh, sorry, I say when you vomit, you bring up some of the acid in your stomach, and that does not do well for the teeth. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, if you do it, if you're vomiting, as most most people do, when just when you're sick, not an issue. But if you're doing it every day, multiple times a day. After every meal, know, yeah. Right. Uh, sore throat, again, from the vomiting, plus a, the the induction of the vomiting is generally you know done by triggering, triggering your gag reflex. Triggering. 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 Uh, depression, mood swings, uh, feeling of being out of control, swollen glands in the neck and face. Oh. Yeah. wonder why that is. Are we talking lymph nodes or are we talking? Yeah, I think it's lymph nodes. I think it's from the imbalance of the of blood chemistry. Okay. But ironically, then they feel they're fat by the swollen glands. Which oh, can yeah. Then push them farther down the path of bulimia. That's no good. Uh, heartburn, indigestion, and bloating, again, kind of feeds that spiral. Irregular periods. They don't mention commas or question marks. <laughs> I mean, quotation marks is right. there, but. Have you seen the video from Australia, the two guys out in the parking lot having a conversation about their wives' periods? No. Oh, it's hilarious. They're talking about like they would talk about football. You know? Oh, Jesus. And uh, it's really funny because the wife comes up at the end because one of the guys has to go for his prostate check and they get all weirded out by that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to show it to you next time I see you. Uh, weakness, exhaustion, and bloodshot eyes are some of the uh, symptoms. So, complications, uh, erosion of the tooth enamel we talked about due to exposure to ast- uh, acidic gastric contents. Again, cavities. Tooth sensitivity to hot and cold. Uh, swelling or soreness in the salivary glands from repeated vomiting. Okay. Ooh, I wonder if that's what it is, yeah. That's probably, yeah. That makes sense. Stomach ulcers. Uh, yeah. Ruptures in the stomach and esophagus. Your esophagus, your stomach is built to hold the acid. Your esophagus, your esophagus doesn't deal with it so well. Now, esophageal rupture is potentially lethal. In fact, it's, it's oh, yeah. very dangerous. So, in our digestive system episode... We talk about a condition called esophageal varices, and it's a little bit different, but the same risk is there. Uh, what the problem with your esophagus is? Most of its blood, most of the blood vessels in the esophagus are veins. In other words, it's low pressure venous return. They're really concerned about how they look. 
But right, exactly. They are so vain. They probably think this podcast is about them. (laughs) 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 There's a reference for a different generation. The the, the problem I always had with that song was... It is about you. (laughs) That's the problem. The thing is, is that there were like potentially five different guys it could have been about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why that's where that that came around was it's like you probably think this is about you. The other four guys were wrong. <laughs> One of them was right. Uh but anyway, uh so the problem with it it isn't so much that it's going to bleed excessively more than any other vein because veins actually are typically easy to control. The problem is where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh it's hard to control a bleed in the esophagus. So we just can't slap a bandaid or a bandage on it. Right. I mean, it's not going to stick. You can, but yeah. we're not supposed to. Like if you see the uh, I am stuck on Band-Aid brand commercials, you never mm-hmm. see a kid with a Band-Aid in his esophagus, do you? No. Always on the finger. And they told me to stop stuffing four by fours down people's throats. Oh, yeah. No, I got the same memo. Yeah. <laughs> um, disruption in normal bowel release function. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I said ooh to that. <laughs> bowel release function. Can you say that slower? <laughs> Coming to you this evening from the normal bowel release function. We're going to shoot a love laser beam out to Abigail for making this suggestion today. And uh, She's probably going to get an email saying, you know what? Could you take my name off that? Right, exactly. <laughs> Never use my name again. Goodbye. Yeah, or at least thank you for not using my last name so I can have plausible deniability. Absolutely. I don't know what Abigail they're talking right, about. Yeah. No. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, dehydration. <laughs> uh, regular heartbeat. Because, again, you throw off the body chemistry. Heart attacks. Uh, lower, lower libido. Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. And then higher risk for suicidal behavior. Yeah. Now, I wonder if the suicidal behavior is because of the... Well, oh, never mind. That's just a tangent. I'm not going to go down. Okay. So, how's it treated, Chris? So, bulimia uh, treatment requires a consideration of the physical uh, as well as the psychological needs of the person. Uh, so, treatment's going to include psychological counseling May include medications. Uh, the antidepressant Prozac is an FDA, uh, FDA-approved treatment for bulimia. Uh, and doctors will sometimes recommend other antidepressants or types of medicine. So in many cases, treatment is undertaken by a team of medical, nutritional, and mental health professionals. <clears throat> the ideal outcome of treatment is to restore physical health and normal eating patterns. So that's the big thing about uh, bulimia is that while there is a substantial physical problem we talk about electrolyte imbalances we talk about right. the dental problems osteoporosis heart problems just treating those isn't going to cure this person because the problem is a psychological problem that needs to be mended right and to stop this behavior uh, in the first place and when i say stop this behavior i don't mean to paint these people as behaving badly um, no they no, have a disease like any other disease that needs to be treated and the way you treat that is with psychology right well, yeah, I mean, it's a very serious disease. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's lethal, as we talked that about. It didn't sound like you were drinking from a cup at all, I got to tell you. I gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I hope you do that one time and just choke and just cough all over the place. What? So, do what? I don't think anybody noticed that. I was <laughs> so stealthy. Anna, yeah, people can be driving down the road in their car, and they're gonna be like, "I did not need to hear that." My ears hurt. <laughs> so, anorexia, anorexia nervosa, mm-hmm. often sometimes simply called anorexia. You like how I left the in the uh, 
phonetic spelling for you. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, Anorexia. There you go. Nailed it, dude. Strong work. Thank you. Is an eating disorder achieved, uh, characterized by abnormally, abnormally low body weight and an intense fear of gaining weight and a distorted perception of weight. People with anorexia place high value on controlling their weight and shape using extreme, uh, extreme efforts to tend to using extreme efforts that tend to significantly interfere with their lives. Anyway, anorexia. So yeah, symptoms. Yeah. Go baby. Symptomize me. Uh, the physical signs and symptoms of anorexia nervosa are related to starvation. I think we make medicine sexy. We do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people have sent us emails. Well, okay, like seven. But whoa, yeah, I know seven. Uh, and they all said, finish up, not necessarily word for word the same, but damn, you make it sexy is generally the gist I get. From mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you should do something on eating disorders. One or the other. <laughs> uh, the physical signs and symptoms of anorexia are related to starvation. Anorexia is also includes emotional and behavioral issues involving an unrealistic perception of body weight and a strong fear of gaining weight or becoming fat. It may be difficult to notice the signs and symptoms because what is considered a low body weight is different for each person. Like Chris is six foot five and he's got probably mild to low body weight. I, on the other hand, am six foot three and I'm nowhere near my low body weight range. Some individuals may not appear extremely thin. Also, people with anorexia often describe their thinness, eating habits, or physical problems. So, physically, the signs and symptoms of anorexia include extreme weight loss or not making ex- uh, expected developmental weight gains, a very thin appearance, uh, abnormal blood counts. Again, when you're, when you're taking these kind of extremes, your blood chemistry is going to be all over the place. Uh, fatigue. Right. Fatigue coupled with insomnia, dizziness or fainting, bluish discoloration of the fingertips because they're probably not making enough blood. Huh. To satisfy their oxygen delivery demands. Interesting. Because it throws off, it can, if you don't have the basic building blocks of hemoglobin, then you can't produce it. Yeah, and uh, if you don't have hemoglobin, then oxygen, because oxygen binds to hemoglobin. Right. And oxygen is actually what produces that red color. Um, so, well, there's a chemical process behind that, but long story short, oxygen produces that red, that reddish color. So you're going to be left with, I, I would say oxygen produces the bright red color. Your blood's right. always red, BT dubs. It's never blue, but it can be a darker color. Uh, you have hair that, uh, hair that thins out, breaks or falls out. Uh, a soft downy hair covering the body. That one confused me. Huh. Uh, an absence of menstruation, which can happen in some people who are like, um, pregnant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to go with extreme athletes. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, a lot of times if a, if a person is training for like a triathlon, a full triathlon. And if a they're female, pregnant. A female. Uh, they will lose, they, their body will stop menstruating during that time. Shit, I've been exercising and I haven't had a period. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. You know. Uh, constipation and abdominal pain. Dry or yellowish skin. Because hmm. A, they're dehydrated. And B, they're damaging their liver. Oh, okay. Uh, intolerance of cold. I, I guess they just don't believe in my method of just not believing they're cold. So that's explain that one because I think people need to hear it again in case they have it. Mark, Mark will go out. Mark will wear shorts in any weather. 
Most any weather. Most any weather. It's if Mark is not wearing shorts, then you are probably in an Eskimo suit. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and Mark, why is it that you wear shorts even when it's cold out? Because I'm not cold. And why aren't you cold? I don't believe I'm cold. <laughs> and that's it. It's not any more in depth than that. That's just it. Mark just does. I just don't believe that I'm cold. I'm not saying it's not cold. I just don't believe that I'm cold. Yeah. And there you go. It's a trick. It's a mind trick. I just don't believe I'm cold. There you go. That's it. Yep. Yeah. It drives my daughter crazy every time I talk about that, by the way. How does your daughter not have more therapy? I'm not saying she doesn't have any. I'm just saying the fact that she's able to do anything else in her life at all is a testament to her strong mind. It's, she could not be Jedi mind tricked. She could not. Jedi would be like, shit, that, that, wow, she's solid. The thing that bothers my daughter more than how I am. Is that you're her father? No, it's that she sees it in herself every once in a while and it really oh. irritates her. Yeah, she's like, why did you make me like you? <laughs> she's She's got a boyfriend. Super nice guy. Yeah. Super nice guy. And she's like, uh, every, he'll say something it's like, I didn't hear you. She goes, scary, what? Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, I didn't hear you. <laughs> she goes, and I know I'm a bad person for doing it because he's such a sweet guy that he... he he trusts me and he thinks I'm being honest with him. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, no, I, I sympathize with your daughter so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so uh, intolerance to cold, uh, regular heart rhythms, low blood pressure with the dehydration. That makes sense. Uh, swelling of arms or legs, uh, eroded teeth, and calluses on the knuckles from induced vomiting. Oh, I can see that. Like, yeah. just like bumping teeth on the way in. Is that what we're thinking? Or I think that, and I think also from supporting themselves. Like, oh, I can over see the that. Toilet, and they're on their hands and knees. Yeah, thinking back to a few drunken nights where I've supported myself. Right. Yeah. So uh, some people have anorexia, binge and purge, similar to individuals who have bulimia. But people with anorexia generally struggle with an abnormally low body weight, while individuals with bulimia typically are normal to above normal weight. So I think as opposed to uh, the binging and purging and bulimia, I think I think in my in what I read, this is less binging. It's binging for them or eating normally and purging, you know, to keep their weight down. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, emotional and behavioral symptoms. Oof. You up, Chris? All right. Tap me in, coach. <laughs> All right, so emotional and behavioral symptoms. So, um, behavioral symptoms of anorexia uh, may include attempts to lose weight by severely restricting food intake. And I would say this is the most common perception of anorexia uh, through dieting or fasting, uh, exercising excessively. That has something in common with bulimia. Uh, binging and then self-induced vomiting to get rid of food, which may include the use of laxative enemas, uh, diet aids, or herbal products unless you're in the uk then it's herbal herbal gotcha gotcha so uh, that's to me that sounds like bulimia um <laughs> but anyway uh, emotional and behavioral signs and symptoms uh that's okay i say i'm just actually that's just okay hang on okay so preoccupation with food uh which sometimes includes cooking elaborate well, you have this you have this really unnecessary additional header in the middle of a list. 
Um, I just want to make sure you didn't lose your place. Like, okay. It actually made me lose my place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, preoccupation with food. I uh, was sometimes cooking, uh, which sometimes includes cooking elaborate meals uh, for others, but then, like, not eating them. So, which I sometimes do that for my kids all the time. Actually, I find myself making really good food for my kids. Oh, I see what I did. And then uh, I'll sit back and make myself just something to sustain while I watch them completely ignore the amazing pork loin that I've made them. Right. They're like, yeah, fuck kids. So I had uh, emotional behavioral symptoms and they're broken down to behavioral and emotional symptoms. I'm just trying to justify why I put that extra header in there. Move on. Okay. Anyway, um, I'll just cut it out. It's all good. So denial of hunger or making excuses for not eating. Frequently skipping meals or refusing to eat in the first place. Eating only a few certain safe foods. Big air quotes around that. Uh, Mark, air quote sound. Uh, Usually those low in fat and calories. So adopting rigid meal or eating rituals such as uh, spitting food out after chewing. Not wanting to eat in public. Lying about how much food has been eaten. Fear of gaining weight that may include repeated weighing or measuring the body. Frequent checking in the mirror for perceived flaws. Complaining about being fat or having parts of the body that are fat. Um, or complaining about having parts of the body that are fat. Not having part like like a fat hand. Anyway, uh, covering, up, covering up in layers of clothing. Uh, flat mood or lack of emotion. Social withdrawal. A lot of social withdrawal is going to come from just being tired of having to make excuses because people are going to start to notice. And so when people don't want to be called out in their behavior, they withdraw from society. And that that's when this starts to get dangerous. Because uh, when you're isolated from your support systems, whether you do it or other people isolate you, um, then these problems don't get better on their own. No. So irritability, inso- uh, insomnia, and then reduce interest in sex so that the libido goes down again. And the treatment is fairly similar from a different angle for uh, bulimia. It's going to be a heavy component of psychological treatment. It's going to be working with a nutritionist and also making sure that uh, you know that you uh, your your body is physically healthy to the point where you can uh, support life. I have run codes cardiac arrests on young women. One was 18, one was 20, that can be pretty much directly linked to uh, eating disorders. One was anorexia and the other one was bulimia. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, the last one, this is a while back, but uh, uh, but no, her boyfriend got up. So her alarm clock went off. Her boyfriend got up, went and put on the coffee, went and took a shower, came back to wake her up which was her normal routine. And yeah, she was dead. She died during the night. You know, it's actually interesting you mentioned this. I We did a code recently. We ended up calling it. We didn't transport, but we worked it for a little bit. Um, and it was a 40s-year-old female. And the only thing that her boo uh, had said was that she'd been exercising excessively lately to the point that he's been worried. And now we're sitting here doing this episode because we couldn't find any. She has no heart disease, takes no medication. Yeah. And uh, now I'm sitting here doing this episode. I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, you combine electrolyte and balance Mm -hmm. uh, with a sudden increased cardiac demand of exercising. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a recipe for a code. Right. Well, I mean, even if it wasn't anorexia or bulimia, 
if she was just trying excessively to lose weight and she was following the same pattern where she was not eating properly, mm-hmm. she may have been using laxatives or something. Right. And then she started exercising, like you said, the, the, you know, the extra demand on top of, I mean, I've run those calls, not codes, but, you know, people who have just an unexplained syncopal episode. Right. You're like, okay. And some of the things I ask, you know, any sort of diet changes lately? Have you started a new diet? Have you gone to the, you know, nothing but cabbage soup diet? Or have you been excessively exercising? So this is where I'm going to interject another one of Chris Finkston's public service announcements and warnings against pseudoscience. Chris. I'm going to, I'm going to cut that out and record that. No, no, no. I'm leaving it in, but I'm going to like make that a ringtone. No. Send it to me, and I will make you make it your ringtone. There you go, Chris. So every time you call me, Chris. Perfect. Well, who, I, who's calling you? Well, obviously it's Chris. Good lord. Pretty clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my did my phone stutter? Uh, but anyway, uh, so this is where I really, 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 really worry about diets and fad diets and those kind of things and people taking dieting advice from self-described Facebook or social media gurus. <laughs> right. This is why you need to be careful. You guys really need to be careful with what you do with your body. Mm-hmm. Food matters. And a lot of these diets include cutting things out needlessly just because it's going to drop a few pounds. Dropping weight is not the only thing that matters about your diet. It's not. I was joking about it earlier with myself, but I'm going to be serious about it now. You really need to worry. Oh, yeah. Break it down. Um, But you got to be worried about things like electrolyte imbalance. You got to be worried about nutrient imbalance. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of these diets involve cutting out carbs, and there is a benefit to reducing the amount of carbs that you take in. But at the same time, some you have to. Yeah, exactly. Carbs do play a role. Uh, in your body mm-hmm. and so anyway i just i want to exercise caution there and that if you do have a weight problem and you're serious about losing weight get with a professional mm-hmm. and make sure you know what professional means exactly so there's um there's a lot of titles out there and a lot of people at the gym that may have a title that truly means nothing um do your research i know like in our area or you talk to your primary care physician or call the local hospital. A lot of them have eating centers that will help you lose weight in a healthy manner. Right. By Because the thing is, I mean, anybody who's seen me, yeah, I'm you're, heavy. Hmm. I'm a big guy. I'm rotund. I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy. <laughs> and it has its advantages. Do you remember that commercial? Yeah. We, so we got to talk about this really quick. I know it's a tangent. <laughs> I know there's a few listeners out there that probably don't like our tangents, but... This is important. There was a product at one time, and I'm not going to name the product. Handy wipe. (laughs) So this was an extension piece for wiping your own butt. And basically, it was a long handle with a grabber on the end of sorts. Oh, God. That you could use to pick up toilet paper paper, and wipe your own butt when you can't reach. And this, there's a guy out there. (laughs) 
I'm this, a big guy. This guy, and he's not that big, by the no, way. On this, but what but, we could see, he was only shoulders up. So yeah. maybe below the, below the camera, he was huge. But he's doing this interview, and he's just like he's doing this interview, and he's like, oh, "I'm a big guy, and it has its advantages." And he's talking about like he actually uses this thing. Right. And so Frankum comes up. Frankum is, and I'm sorry, Mark. Frankum is a bigger guy than this guy. Yes. And Mark comes up, and he's I'm a like, "Bigger guy than most guys." And Mark's like, "You know what? The I day stopped the video." Yeah. It's like, the day I can't wipe my own ass, it's carrots and celery sticks. Right. That's it. If I get to a point where I can't reach my own butt, yeah, yeah, that's going to be the hallmark that makes me go, it's time to lose weight. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) That's rock bottom. (laughs) So, if you want to lose weight and keep it off, the problem with a lot of these diets, uh, the the latest one, I mean, it seems like the ones that are coming out over the last 20 years have been variations of the Atkins diet. Uh, Basically, yeah, high fat, high protein, low carb. Right. Um, I often wondered when Doctor Atkins died if they were like at the seat, the like the uh, CEO and stuff like that. The board members of the company were like, "Oh, let it be a heart, let it be a car wreck." Uh, tell me Please. he slipped on ice because if it's a heart attack, we're screwed at this point. Yeah. Um, Turns out he slipped on ice. You change your diet dramatically enough, you will lose weight. Sure. Because your body is going to freak out and it's going to start dumping weight. The problem is, is that when you come off the diet, you go back to your normal eating habits. You go back to gaining the weight back. You have to change your relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about anorexia and bulimia, we talk about the psychological side of it. That's exactly what it is, is you're changing your, your relationship with food. I have a very unhealthy relationship with food. It's getting better, you know, um... But I have seen a counselor for it because apparently everything else I was doing wasn't working. Um, so if you find yourself overweight, if you find yourself in a situation where you believe or some of you, you believe some of you have, you know, you know, and care for has anorexia or bulimia, they have to get into counseling. Right. Because you can make all the diet changes for them. You can do everything like that. But without the counseling there behind it, to help change the behavior pattern, it's it, you're not going to get anywhere. So, okay, moving on. Syndrome X. X. That's what you wanted, right? That's why you mm-hmm. paused. You wanted me to do that? X-Force. Syndrome Extreme. So, this is now called metabolic syndrome. And it's not actually a disease. It's a group of risk factors. As a group of risk factors. Uh, you have high blood pressure, high blood sugar, high triglycerides, low HDL cholesterol, and belly fat. Which, by the way, HDL stands for high-density lipid. Ooh. What does LDL stand for? Low-density lipid. You're so smart, Chris. Nailed you know, it. Uh, you know? Uh, literally, I know these because my doctor literally just called me not too long ago and told me my blood work was ideal. You know what? You can keep bragging about that motherfucker. I'm going, going to. Make to. like you. No, I don't need you to like me. I have. It will not take much for me to push Jesse over into just smothering you in your sleep. You know hey, that, right? I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you guys this. I charge headlong into things that I have no business charging headlong into. For example, snowboarding. Yeah. Ended up with a concussion. Uh, seeing if you can fit in all the outside compartments in the ambulance. Absolutely, and almost getting really, really stuck in one of them. <laughs> um, but you know, like, start, like I remember at one point because uh, I was snowboarding with Spencer. We're going up a mountain and we're on the lift and he's like, hey, let's go up to, uh, it's like Magic Mile. Ooh, you're not going to be able to come out Wednesday. 
Yeah, no. I, because, okay. Well, your wife is not going to let you go hang out with Spencer and me in any way, shape, or form. I'll end up dead. You, um, <laughs> you got knocked out when you were with Spencer. You got stuck overnight in the woods when you were with me. So, we're not going to be allowed to be unattended. <laughs> that's true. But I distinctly remember being on the ski lift and going up and looking at the path ahead that we're going to be taking down and just realizing this is way beyond my skill level. <laughs> way beyond my skill level. And the consequences of effing this one up are, are pretty severe because on this path, there's rocks mm-hmm. and a cliff. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then we got to top. I'm like, well... I could ride the ski lift back down, but I don't want to be called a bitch. So, <laughs> so my decision's made. Mm-hmm. My decision is made. I will risk my life instead of facing unconscious ridicule. No, actually, I was unconscious well before that. This was actually <laughs> at the end of the day. I had already oh. knocked myself out on an easier slope, oh. <laughs> and now we're going up the hill towards Syndrome one. Syndrome X. We can't talk about this anymore. I'm getting angry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the uh, combination of these. Uh, factors increased risk of high, uh, heart disease and diabetes. Good news is, is that uh, diet uh, exercise medications can help uh, improve your chances of avoiding this. Uh, although the first formal definition of metabolic syndrome entered the medical textbooks in 1998, according to the American Heart Association, 47 million Americans have it. All right. Uh, the syndrome runs in families and is more common among African Americans, Hispanics, Asians and Native Americans. I guess they're not Asian Americans or Hispanic Americans. No. So as long as you don't. So, yeah, if you move here, you'll you'll Uh, be cured. The risk of of developing metabolic syndrome increases as you age. So, indeed, the metabolic syndrome seems to be a condition that many people have, but no one knows very much about it. Awesome. You know, and. It has a scary, has a scary sounding name. I think they toned it down by calling it metabolic syndrome, but syndrome X really, it's like a brain cloud. Syndrome X. X syndrome. So, uh, metabolic syndrome is not a disease in itself. It is a group of risk factors. Uh, obviously, having any one of these risk factors isn't good, but when they're combined, they set the stage for serious problems. With their powers combined. Right. Form of an ego. Form of metabolic syndrome. Wonder twin powers activate. I was going Captain Planet, but, you know. Oh, yeah, Captain Planet. I would go more Captain Caveman. What? Captain Caveman. That's a thing? Oh, yeah. Like an Oklahoma thing? Captain Caveman. No. Old man thing? Maybe. It's an old man thing. There's a cartoon character from back when they had, like, Laugh Olympics. Did you ever hear, see the Laugh Olympics? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Laugh my Laugh Olympics were uh, based on, like, the wild world of, wild world of sports. And they had uh, imitators of the commentators, uh, Barbara Wawa. Okay, Captain Caveman. I do recognize this guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Captain Caveman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Yes. There we go. I recognize this guy now. Because I, that's not sexist at all. No. Uh, yeah, this old, like, Hanna-Barbera stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Grape Ape and, yeah, all them. Yep, I remember. Th- I, I remember this guy now. Beagly, beagly. Anywho, metabolic syndrome. <laughs> uh, according to the American Heart Association and the, uh, and the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, there are five risk factors. <laughs> That's him right there. 
Uh, in case no one heard that. <laughs> that is the cartoons that Mark grew up with. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the five factors of metabolic syndrome. Uh, large waist size. For men, it's going to be above a 40-inch waist. Uh, for women, it's a 35-inch waist. Hmm. Uh, for uh, high HDL, high, high triglycerides, uh, 150 milligrams per deciliter or higher, or if you're on a cholesterol medication. And I like the fact that they put this in here because you and I have both been on calls where you ask a person, "Do you have any sort of? Are you you know? Do you have any sort of medical history? No. Do you have high blood pressure? That's do you have, why are you taking three high blood pressure medications? Oh well, I used to have high blood pressure, but I don't anymore. No, you still have it. It's just controlled by medication. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cured. It's just under control. Right. Exactly. Um, That's kind of like saying, my house is not dirty. I swept all that stuff under the rug. Right. Okay. But if we lift the rug, the dirt's right. there. Exactly. Um, and if you're low, good, uh, you have low good cholesterol, which is less than 40 milligrams per deciliter for men and less than 50 milligrams per deciliter for women or use a cholesterol medication. Yeah. Then you have uh, high blood pressure, either, uh, oh, I'm sorry, having high blood pressure of 130 over 85 millimeters of mercury or greater, or using a high blood pressure medication, <laughs> and a high fasting glucose level of 100 mil, uh, milligrams per deciliter or higher. So, if you have at least three of these risk factors, you're considered to be diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. Gotcha. So, uh, some of the things that uh, go along with this are going to be insulin resistant. Uh, insulin resistant, sorry. Insulin is a hormone that helps your body use, glu- glu- use glucose. Uh, we go over this over our di- in our diabetic episode, so please go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, your body makes sugar. Yeah. Basically, the sugar is too big to get into the cell. The insulin is kind of the key master. Yeah. It's everything in. It's kind of the uh, bouncer at the door to the club that he, he the, you know, the insulin slips I would him. say it's more like your shady friend that sneaks you in the back. Okay. I was going to go, you slip the bouncer 10 bucks, the insulin's the, you know, the, the $10 giver to get everybody in. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, insulin resistance is part of the pre-diabetes and can lead to diabetes. So obesity, especially abdominal obesity. Hello, Syndrome X. Uh, experts say the metabolic syndrome is becoming more common because of rising obesity rates. Uh, having extra belly fat as opposed to elsewhere in the body seems to increase your risk. Having a uh, unhealthy lifestyle, eating a diet high in unhealthy processed foods, Chris, and what? not getting enough physical activity to hey, play a role. We've seen my blood it. work. We have seen my <laughs> blood work. And you're going to claim that for the next 10 years now. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. no, no. Good blood work for me lasts me almost a decade every time. So it's good. Because <laughs> I have a theory. If I don't go to the doctor and I don't go to the dentist, I have great health and good teeth. Oh, nobody's, nobody's told you otherwise, right? Absolutely. Hey, I've had <laughs> many patients with that same theory. It's never been a problem for them, except for the guy that died recently. But aside from him, Yeah, it's except for the fine. fact that they're patients of yours going to the emergency room. I feel like you're bringing up unnecessary facts <laughs> that have nothing to do with what I'm saying. Uh, hormonal imbalances. And we're not talking about the hormonal imbalances that cause your uterus to wander around your body. Right. For that. Yeah. yeah these are completely different. And if for that, go back to our... Medical myths. <laughs> uh, hormones can play a role. For instance, polycystic ovary syndrome, a condition that affects fertility, is related to hormonal imbalances and metabolic syndrome. 
And then if you're smoking, okay, if you're smoking, just stop, please. Right. I did. Stop smoking. I smoked for probably 20 years. Mom, don't listen to this. I stopped. I smoked from probably up at the age of 13. Ooh. Mom, you can start listening again. Um, you know, uh, it's just there's nothing good that comes from smoking. Well, you do look really cool. Yeah, but you stink. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I feel like I'm not helping the non-smoking effort by being no, like, but you no, look neat. Right. All right, for well, kids listening, go ahead and start. Just stop before you're an adult. Jesus, don't, is that don't, don't. Is that good? Because there are kids listening. Oh. Yeah. Have you been diagnosed with metabolic syndrome? You might be anxious about it, but think of it as a wake-up call. It's time to get serious about improving your health. So. I am actually going to correct that. Kids, if you don't need any friends, then don't smoke. Good. But if you, <laughs> but if you want friends. Have you been drinking beer? No. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm positive I'm not drinking beer. Uh, making simple life changes to your habits can now prevent the serious illness in the future. So, I'm not exactly a perfect example of this. And Chris, by his eating habits and bad advice he's been giving out this evening, is not an example of this. But uh, everything in moderation, nothing in excess. I believe the results speak for themselves, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, if you find yourself having any of these uh, symptoms, please see a doctor. Please take action to uh, to rectify this. So our last bit here is going to be auto brewery syndrome. Right. Now, this is not a new way to make beer. Yeah. And it's not meaning to uh, brew stuff in your car. No, but it does. It is kind of brewing stuff in your gut. Right. Uh, so auto Auto brewery syndrome or gut fermentation syndrome is a condition in which ethanol is produced through uh, endogenous fermentation in the gastrointestinal tract. Endogenous. That's what I said. Uh, (laughs) Through endogenous fermentation in the GI system. So uh, gastrointestinal system. So spontaneous ethanol production occurs via a different uh, metabolic uh, pathway. Autobrewery syndrome occurs in patients with alcohol intoxication after they ingest carbohydrate-rich meals. So, <laughs> fuck you, Mark. <laughs> Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And the person is up drunk. Right. Uh, it's a type of yeast is what it is. Um, yeast is a bacteria, BT dubs. Uh, so it's identified as a pathogen, though. Um, how do you say that word again? Endogenous. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, endogenous fermentation, or Autobury syndrome, uh, has been used as a, def- as a defense against drunk driving charges, although there is no literature quantifying the success rate of raising this defense. I did some research on this. Oh. I found one. Ooh, one oh, what? One case where a person used uh, auto brewery. It was in uh, upstate New York. So this is from CNN. Now, I will say this. And I'm not talking about CNN here. I'm talking about any news agency. Uh, one things I've learned. One of the things I've learned as a paramedic is how wrong all new news agencies get things that are get things wrong. Oh yeah, how often it happens. I have been on scene of a call, watched the news later, and gone, 
that's absolutely not what happened. That is way <laughs> off. That is nowhere even near uh, what happened. So anyway, this lady, she was charged with a DUI, and she used auto, bre- auto brewery syndrome as her defense. Now, this is actually a really good illustration of that just because there is a legal presence for something does not mean that there's a scientific presence for something or that it's right because right. it's actually really unlikely, highly unlikely that Autobrewery syndrome would right. ever cause a significant level of blood alcohol that would be high enough to either induce intoxication or that would even produce illegal le- levels of blood alcohol in, say, a breathalyzer test. Right. I bring this up also because a lot of uh, anti-vaxxers, for example, will use the fact that there have been successful lawsuits uh, against healthcare professionals that have administered vaccines uh, as evidence that vaccines cause in- injury. It's his not. Right. Anyway. So. Well, no, because the thing is, is that it's not being tested in a scientific manner. It's being debated by people who don't have scientific training. Exactly. And you got to understand uh, here in America, okay. uh, you got to be proven guilty beyond a shadow of a, not a shadow of a doubt, but you, you're kind of given the benefit of the doubt. And if there's uh, any, in any way that someone could potentially uh, upset or make it or, or make a plausible case. Well, the thing is, is that if this guy's, if this person's, this woman's ju- uh, lawyer brought this up, it is not, the, it is not on the defending attorney to prove that this is true. It's on the prosecution to prove it's not true. Which is going to be really, really, really hard to do. Right. So. So. So, um, yeah, they're saying here that uh, they can, people with auto brewery function or auto brewery syndrome can have functioning alcohol levels of 0.3 to 0.4. But any sort of literature I wrote that was that scientific in nature said, yeah, it doesn't produce that much. Nice. It's not like it's producing just rampant alcohol in your system. It's a very limited amount of alcohol. So Yeah. Now, it can have significant effects on life, though. So the patient can experience side effects like belching, chronic fatigue, dizziness, dry mouth, disorientation, uh, hangover-type symptoms without the fun, uh, and then IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. So chronic fatigue syndrome can result in health problems such as anxiety, depression, poor productivity. Uh, the random state of intoxication can result in other difficulties. Uh, you know, again, there's some shaky science on that. But and the obscurity of the condition may make it difficult to diagnose in the first place or even find successful treatment at that point. So patient dietary intake right. should be carefully evaluated as well. So the treatment for Otterbury syndrome is a change in diet requiring low amount of carbohydrates and high protein. Uh, sugar is fermented into alcohol, so a diet that effectively lowers sugars also lowers the alcohol that can be fermented. Anything that can cause an imbalance between the beneficial and harmful bacteria in the gut uh, can help increase the chance of fermentation. Uh, and uh, this can include not only antibiotics, but also overindulgence in sugars and carbohydrates. Watching what you eat could lower the risk of gut fermentation syndrome and take and taking probiotics uh, could further protect you by increasing the number of good bacteria in your system. Right. So yeah, that is Auto Brewery in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. I thought that last one was exceptionally interesting. Uh, there's not really a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of literature on it, just because it's so rare, and the amount of people that would probably come forward and could be diagnosed with it. I'm sure is pretty minimal just because of the rarity and the misunderstanding of what it is. 
you know? Yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah, that's what I have about the. That's where I'm at. I've got nothing else. How about you? Okay. Um, Bye. Thank you for listening. Good night. Just kidding. (laughs) So, if you'd like to get a hold of us like Abigail did and give us an idea for a show, all ideas are taken seriously. All ideas are looked into, and we're doing one show a week, so it may take us a while to get to your idea. <laughs> so please don't be uh, discouraged if you don't hear it uh, fairly quickly after the email. Yeah, your idea could also not be good. <laughs> don't listen to Chris That's... about smoking, yeah. about your ideas <laughs> about how to eat properly. <laughs> don't listen to Chris about snowboarding tips. Uh, don't listen to Chris on how to successfully clear a wet floor sign in the middle of a hallway. You know, no, you know what? That that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm so, normally really good at that. <laughs> so Chris is an interesting type of athlete because he can generally do one part of the athletic procedure well, and the other ones falter. Right. Like throwing and catching a ball. Because I'm fairly in shape. I'm a tall guy. I've got, I've got right. some leverage advantages. You'd think I would make more use of this. Right. But, um, yeah. Things like Chris can either catch a baseball well or throw a baseball well, but can very rarely do both in the same situation. Right. No, exactly. Um, Normally, I am on point, and it's like like if I'm throwing a ball or mark, I mean, just directly right to the glove, bam. He can almost guarantee that I'm not going to catch anything he throws my yeah, way. And the moment I do, he can also guarantee he's going to have to go I'll searching be, for that yeah, ball a lot. chasing that ball quite a bit. Yeah, or into so, his. Uh, one day, Chris and I are throwing the ball on post, and we're throwing it back and forth. Now, one thing interesting about Chris is I don't believe he ever learned to catch underhanded. Um, I... I did, but... <laughs> but he doesn't like doing it. How about that? Yeah, that's uh, fair. So if it's going to be a low throw, Chris will actually squat and catch the ball overhand, which is, you know, glove up. So I did kind of a pop-up-ish type of throw that mm-hmm. was coming in low. Chris squats to catch the ball overhand. The ball's coming in from a height. Misses. <laughs> it hits the ground and goes straight to his nuts. Yeah, right. You know, I, mean, just... I mean, direct line. But choisy. Yeah, I, of course, immediately saw my friend was disabled and ran over to assist. Yeah, (laughs) that's immediately what happened. (laughs) I may have also laughed for about five minutes straight and called him an idiot. So, you know, but after that, immediately. No, no, I don't think I came over then either. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think I came to you. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Hobbled would be the best way. Right. Anyway. I don't think I went to you. I went to the ambulance. I know better. You're not going to provide me with anything. <laughs> You're doing nothing for me. No, nothing. Oh. So um, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, leave us those messages. We do love hearing from you all. Yep. Uh, we are on Twitter at MedSideStuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on Instagram at MedicalStuff number 52. And we are on Facebook at Medical Stuff. If you want to send us an email, please do so at medsidestuff at yahoo.com. Also, if you get the opportunity, please hop on iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars if you feel that way. And if you don't feel that way, then just bugger off and don't leave anything. I'm not saying that, you know, a five-star review will get your idea into a podcast quicker. Oh, we would never say that. We'd never say that. But, I mean, couldn't hurt, right? Right. (laughs) So... 
Anyway, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you again next week. Have a good evening and toast. toast.